Hey, and thanks for joining us. Just before we get started, there's a quick disclaimer that the opinions you're about to hear are solely those of the guests and the host of this show and may or may not reflect the opinions of Consolidated Electrical Distributors and its affiliates. As an electrical distributor, we rely heavily on our relationships with our reps and partners. Goring Cockrell McCoy is the vendor of the month for June at CED Vero Beach. They represent such lines as Encore Wire, FLIR, Intermatic, CNI Enclosures, TAMAC Devices, and Boxes, Light Efficient Design, and so many others I can't even mention them all here. As a result of our partnership, we're able to offer you a 10% discount on these items if you mention the podcast and show that you've downloaded it onto your phone. All right, thanks for joining us. We're going to get started right now. Welcome to the Get Wired Podcast, presented by CED Vero Beach. Join us as we make new connections, share our outlooks on business as well as life, and provide a new look at the wholesale electrical supply industry from the inside out. This is the Get Wired Podcast. Here's your host, Mike Burkhart. And we're live, coming to you from the CED Vero Beach studio, which is in the upstairs of your favorite electrical supply house, CED. Beach. This is the Get Wired Podcast. Uh, this month is sponsored by Lutron. Uh, so whether you're dimming just one lamp in your house or you want to put a whole house system in, Lutron is the way to go for home automation, uh, dimming, you know, scene control, pool pump control, whatever you got, Lutron has a solution for it. Fan speed controls. Uh, they are the vendor of the month this month at CED Vero Beach, so we want to make sure we give them a shout out. Also brought to you by Rio Coco Cafe. Not just good coffee, but coffee with a cause. Uh, it's the only thing we drink here at CD Vero Beach. It's local. It's uh, single source origin coffee, and it's right here in Vero by the airport. Uh, so, as mentioned earlier, today's guest is Taylor Montreal. Did I get that right? Yeah, you got it right. Uh, all right, perfect. And uh, he's an FSU grad. He's, uh, he's, a, he's a former athlete in sports so like uh, football and wrestling. And uh, he's part of the management training program here at CD Vero Beach. So without any further ado, welcome to the program, Taylor. Thank you, man. First, first guest here. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome to the program. And uh, tell us a little about your experience with uh, CED Vero Beach and you know, CED in general. I mean, it's been pretty good. Um, it's definitely been a lot of whirlwinds not knowing anything in the electrical business when I first came in. So that was kind of shocking. And... Uh, Kind of hard at first, but I mean, definitely in the last year, I've only been not even a year yet, so it's been kind of crazy all the stuff I've learned. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's been pretty cool. It's definitely a really cool company. You get to do a lot of different things. Uh, you know, I've traveled a lot and stuff like that, so I think it's been really cool. Awesome. Yeah, so tell us a little about how you first came into the industry, uh, how you were first exposed to CED in general as a company, and then also. Um, you know, what the process was like coming out of school and getting your first, you know, quote-unquote yeah. real job. Yeah, I mean, um, I found them at, uh, just kind of happened to run into them at a uh, career fair. I was just going there for, it was a sales career fair that, you know, I just had to go for a class. So I didn't really go in there with the best attitude. But once I found everybody I liked when I was researching, I did all, you know, things I had to do with class. And then I saw manager training program from CDE. So I was like, oh, you let me go over there after. Started talking to them and... That's when I met uh, one of the other trainees that was a current trainee at the time, and he was talking to me about it. And, you know, at first, like, everyone always asks, was like, do you guys sell electric? Or And then, you know, explain the whole shadeel. So, um, yeah, that's where I found him there. And then after that, kind of just took off, and here I am now. 
And uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, we kind of talked about it yesterday as, as the best way to describe these, this industry to somebody outside of it uh, would be like uh, we said an auto parts yeah. store. People are familiar with that. They walk into an auto parts store and there's a uh, not only a retail environment, but you can tell there's a lot going on in the back. Uh, most people probably don't realize that they actually do most of their business out of the back, mm-hmm. making deliveries to local stuff, mo- local uh, automotive technicians in the area. And, and that's kind of what we do is we service electricians out of the back and the retail front up, up front is more for display and maybe some homeowners um, show off some new products. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, a, it's particularly uh, relevant that he is on episode one because he's just finishing up his first year in the, in the industry. I uh, just got the announcement uh, last night that uh, his time with us is, is nearing its end. So mm-hmm. Mike will squeeze in one more episode with him before he <laughs> goes, but I th- I'd say he's got about a month left before he uh, takes on the second challenge of it. How do you feel about that? I'm uh, definitely nervous about it. Definitely just changing different area. Don't really know anybody. Uh, kind of an area I'm going, but uh, I think it's definitely exciting going to a cool store. Um, yeah, I'm just excited to get over there. So he's going to be transitioning from the uh, the first year, which is mainly focused on operational, uh, just kind of getting people, getting their feet wet in the industry, and we're going into a more really solely outside sales focus, mm-hmm. uh, which is, yeah, that's where the money's made, and that's where the, the relationships are made, and uh, it's really important that you go out there and you know, kind of get your ass kicked by contractors for a year, you know, and just, just get that under your belt in an area that... Uh, you know, it's a safe place to make mistakes, you yeah. know, and, and uh, I don't know, that's that's one of the things I love the most about this company is that they, they're very forgiving of mistakes, and they actually encourage their culture of not failure, but failing and learning from that, and, and part of the, the beauty of the training program is they know that we're going to make a ton of mistakes, and it's going to be expensive, and uh, it's just cool to have a company's culture that is encouraging of that and actually thrives off of it versus trying to... Yeah. Uh, minimize or attack those mistakes. So speaking of culture, I think that's one of the most important things in any company, any any industry, is the culture of the company. What can you say about CED's culture from when you first started? Um, and we'll get specifically into more CED Real Beach culture. But. Yeah, I mean, when I first started, I remember the first uh, province center I visited, the youngest person there that had been working there had been there for like already nine years. The afterwards of that were like 35, 45. So when I first came into it, I was like, wow, you know, this, they, you know, preach like everyone that comes here, you know, they stay here. So that was kind of cool to see that, you know, knowing that like, wow, a lot of, nobody wants to leave this company and stuff. But um, definitely a location I'm now, you know, a lot younger, not newer people and stuff, but still kind of the same kind of mentality of it. So, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, that's a good point. People, people once they get in this industry, they tend to stay. Yeah. And, and CD, we have a huge track record of people just staying their entire career. Yeah. You know, I don't have a resume. It's crazy. I've been with this company <laughs> for seven years, and I've never had to make a resume since, uh, since college. Yeah. Uh, never even think about it. Because, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's such an, an embraceive culture of, of make it what you want it to be. You know, create, create the environment that you want it to be. And I think that's so important when, you, when as a trainee, that you get to see different environments and, and pick and choose. Like, hey, mm-hmm. I like this. I don't like this. I like the way you guys do this. I don't like the way this store yeah. does that. And then when you get your own place over time, you're going to have the opportunity to kind of make that your own, you know? Yeah. Um, so this is, this is a funny question. I, I've got some standard questions that may or may not work in this, you know, less than one year in the industry. 
But uh, how, how do you think the industry has changed since you've, <laughs> you've been involved with it? <laughs> uh, Just in the last year. I mean, maybe how has yeah. your perspective of the industry changed, I guess is a better question. I, don't, I mean, everyone's going to say probably LEDs, but I guess not knowing anything else but really LEDs. Uh, I guess people are more willing to, you know, buy them and things. I don't. I feel like when I first started, we didn't have, we, I don't know, I feel like we don't push them as, we don't have to push them as hard now people kind of understand like the energy thing anymore now and it's no longer about like saving energy because everyone knows that like oh yeah you save energy but um yeah I, I don't know i feel like maybe i guess the controls and stuff of it the different things people are realizing like what you can do with lights and all the different cool you know apps and different things like that that you can do with just controlling your whole home and things i guess you're talking about like a switch from having to educate every single customer that walks in yeah. the door uh, about LEDs, color temperature, and all yeah. that, and now, now they kind of walk in mm-hmm. knowing a little bit about it, knowing what to expect, yeah. knowing which questions to ask. Because yeah. sometimes I'm like, "What color do you want?" And like, um, white. Yeah. Like, oh no no no! Like the light actual itself, yeah. and I'm like, oh oh yeah, I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what still happens where people get get the uh, the color confused with the brightness, right? Yeah. And and even though there's very small difference between a three thousand and a four thousand in terms of lumen output. Mm-hmm. Still have to educate some people, even even long term contractors about um, about that. No, we're not talking about brightness anymore. We're talking about like literally, just you want to see a yellow light or a white light when you yeah. look up, and and the lumens on the floor are going to be the same. Um, yeah, that you know, I I was driving to work one day. That was probably three or four years ago. I had a longer commute back then, and I heard on NPR they were they were talking about LEDs and color temperature, and I was like, wow, this has <laughs> finally gone mainstream. <laughs> like they're speaking my language, and it wasn't just for me. It was just like on a random, you know. 6 a.m. radio Radio show. Um, So definitely definitely the society and and people in America are coming around to it. Everyone sees the 80% energy savings. Um, But, yeah, it's a good point about home automation. We're seeing a lot of that. A lot of companies are jumping on board with that. Uh, Our sponsor, Lutron, is a a big one in that. They've been the industry leader in that for a long time. Uh, But, yeah, I think that's something you're seeing more. Like, everybody wants a smart home. It's a big selling point for builders. Um, for contractors to be able to say that they're, you know, energy saving mm-hmm. certified or whatever they yeah. want to say about it. Um, cool. Where, where do you think this industry is is going? Um. <laughs> Again, perspective is tough, right? Yeah, I mean, I've only been here for not even a year yet, so I don't. I mean, where it's going? Like I said, I think more of just controls and stuff and maybe you know more of kind of dealing with the online presence of things but i mean i don't see us becoming like an online seller but yeah, that's a tough question i'm not sure yeah there is this whole push right now of the uh you know what they call the the internet of things the mm-hmm. iot and uh it's going to be interesting to see how that changes moving forward because uh, you know, you're talking about things, everything being smart, like this pen being so smart that when it starts to run out of ink, uh, it, it lets my phone know. It says, yeah. like, hey, you're running out of ink. Uh, Gary V, anybody, any Gary V fans out there? He's, he's, he's the best. If you don't know about him, learn about him. Uh, he's a social media guru, guy, whatever you want to call him. Uh, but he's talking about <laughs> the next big thing in, in, in the fashion world and the weight loss world is pants that will tell you how you're doing on your diet. 
and it'll be like, hey, fat ass, eat a salad today. Oh, I thought hey. you were going to say they were going to adjust whenever. No, they're going to make you adjust. <laughs> you buy the pants that you can fit in now or maybe like just slightly ahead of your goal. Um, and then as you put them on, they'll let you know like where you're at. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, hey, you're feeling this out a little too much. Maybe maybe have a salad today instead of that, uh, that cheeseburger. Uh, but just yes. an, another example would be like toothpaste that runs as it's running out. It lets you know, or it, the next thing would be that you authorize it to just order itself. You always yeah. use the same toothpaste. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a 12-pack of beer in your fridge, when you pull the last one, it reorders from the grocery store, and a new 12-pack shows up because that's your schedule. You drink yeah. one or two a day, what, what have you. Um, so, you know, whether we, whether or not as a company, as an industry, we try to jump ahead of that or try mm-hmm. to ride that train, going to be an interesting couple years ahead of us uh because you know that could revolutionize everything i mean people yeah. are, people are already putting not only home automation in their home but like listening devices on their yeah. kitchen counter in their bedroom these things have cameras in them like <laughs> think this. yeah and so we're seeing people get literally give up all privacy in order to have the convenience of yeah. the internet of things and uh you know we got we to gotta be on the forefront of that. And, yeah. and if we're not going to do it, somebody else is going to do it, right? And we talked about uh, an app that, you know, I add to my CED order app through Alexa. Um, I still think that's kind of a cool idea. I, I don't know if you think contractors actually use it or not. Who's walking around with an Alexa on the job site? I'll play music. So you would, that would be your... They'd have to make, like, a rugged construction version of it. You know, like, you see, like, not just a boombox, but a boombox covered in, like, hard plastic. Yeah. And, um, and maybe it's not Alexa. Maybe it's some third-party thing that, that just talks to an app that that links to, I don't know, some database or whatever. But the only issue is, as you learned, there's a lot of qualifying questions that we have to ask in order to get what the contractor yeah. says initially and turn it into what we can put on a sales register and pull off the shelf. Um I don't know if you guys can hear the train, but it, uh, we, we have a train that is, is pretty close to our profit center here, and uh, it, it's becoming a hot-button issue for the locals because they're, they're trying to add, like, 30 trains a day or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I sat behind it for, like, 15 minutes, like, 25 minutes. It just stopped. Yeah. I wonder what we could do about that. Either make the train go up and over or make some sort of ramp for the cars to go up and over. <laughs> Probably be pretty expensive. Yeah. Build a bridge on every single road. One major one. We're gonna make America great again and build a bridge on every single road, bridge to nowhere. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, you know, we talk a lot about mindset and uh, beliefs to live by, and just kind of outlook on things. I think that that whether we recognize them or not, our beliefs are what determine not only our, our how far we're gonna go in life, but really how happy we're gonna be on the way to get there. You know, uh, do you have any particular mindsets or mantras or beliefs that you kind of you know, purposely, intentionally live by, or go I mean, yeah, I mean, I always like this typical one, it's hard work pays off, and I mean, that's always one that I've always seen, but, uh, and then just kind of like everything happens for a reason, so, I mean, yeah, it might suck now, but later on in life, you'll kind of realize, like, damn, that was actually something that kind of helped out in the long run, and it was probably for the better, but, yeah, I mean, I guess I would say maybe probably those two, and all the other kind of typical ones. I mean that's true. Hard work, hard work does definitely pay off, and it uh, it's it's something in this industry you see a lot. I've always enjoyed uh, working in this industry because right away you're you're surrounded by 
you know, the salt of the earth kind of people. Like you, these people are very hardworking Americans. They're they're down and dirty. They um, you know, not not a single one of them is afraid to get their hands dirty at any moment. And that's kind of kind of unique. You know, it's definitely a uh, definitely not a, a white collar type of position. You know what I mean in terms of in terms of coming to work and just expecting like an easy cushy day like you never know there's there's days where you're cutting pipe and pulling wire and the next minute you're going and trying to sell a million dollar lighting job you know and, and within the same hour you know yeah. and that's a real situation that's happened and uh and so having that work ethic is i think i think it's huge and you know people in your generation unfortunately they get a bad rap um you can't tell taylor is a in the millennial <laughs> generation uh, so, what are your thoughts on that? How do you think that you would stack up to your peers in terms of work ethic and just in general? I mean, that always bugs me—the millennial thing. I'm like, oh, because I feel like any generation, there's always people that are hardworking. There's always the lazy ones. There's always, you know, people that just don't care. People that you know have bad luck on things. I mean, I don't see it as just like millennials as being this because they always try and do the technology thing. And I remember I was sitting at a bar. Uh, waiting to get a table at a Chili's, I think. Shout out Chili's. And uh, <laughs> I look over, and there's four guys, probably all in their 40s, maybe, all sitting at the bar. Looks like they're watching a game or maybe wait for a game to come on. And every single one of them is on their phone. One's on his eating while he's got his phone on the table, and he's scrolling through it as he's eating. And I'm like, get out of here with this millennial stuff. Like, it's everybody now. I don't see... That, that being a millennial thing, and then just the lazy, and I don't know, I mean, like they said, I don't know, I just feel like it, to me, it's every generation's like that, they've had different, you know, strategies of who's who, and different things like that, so. That's a good point, and, uh, you know, talk, we, we, we speak sometimes about mindfulness, and just yeah. being aware of what, where you are in your space, and what's going on in your head, and that guy who's flipping through his phone, and eating at the same time. No really not doing either of those things very well you know like he's probably not even tasting whatever he's eating and he's probably not even consuming the media of what he's looking at because your brain can only process so much information at once and yeah Yeah. sure from the outside he's he's looking at it if you ask him a question about what we just read he's probably gonna be like i don't know salt like you know like you're getting mixed signals yeah um and you know focus is is another big thing that they talk about with with the generation and and it's something that we look for and test for and uh certainly evaluate along the way. Yeah. It's just like somebody's ability to focus and do hard work. Um, what would you say is like the hardest thing that you've done to date with CED? Like what's been the most challenging aspect of it all? Oh, uh, I don't even, I think just the product knowledge, just trying to know everything. And then, you know, when somebody comes to the counter or somebody's, you know, calling about something and you just have no idea what even they said, <laughs> And, I mean, that's probably been the hardest thing, just not knowing really what exactly some of the, you know, products were and, you know, how things work, I would say, you know, because you can't, sometimes they were like, oh, you know, does, does this work with this? Like, oh, well, uh, let me, uh, let me go try and find out something real quick and go and ask somebody or something. But I think that's just been the hardest, I think, just trying to get all the product knowledge. But, I mean, I think it's definitely, like I said, easier with time. I mean, I didn't think I'd be this far along when my first month started or two months started thinking that I would know what I know now. And I don't even know a lot now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing is that the more you learn, the more you realize 
how little you know, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's what keeps you humble. That's what keeps that's what keeps me coming back. I mean, I literally every single day, seven years into this job, I learn something every single day. Whether it's something about the product, about the industry, about a new product, about a customer, about how to deal with people in, in unusual mm-hmm. situations. I mean, that's huge. Um, and then a lot of times I'm learning something about myself, you know, and that's. That's the, that's the that's the underlying theme of this whole thing is like learning about who you are and who you want to be and and uh, it's almost in like a Groundhog Day kind of way where you come in and the days are pretty much the same but there's always yeah. variety and variables and you can kind of play with different things and see like this works here and this works there and you kind of you know mix the levels a little bit you know and uh, and and tweak this knob over here and then see how that works and. Um, and that's that's kind of the joy of it, right? Like you get to you get to experiment and play with it, and um, that's that's definitely what keeps me coming back. Is that it's it's always different enough that uh, it's it's a unique experience every single day. And at the end of the day, we get to make it whatever we want, you know. And we're very much in a creator role, um, and that's why having a vision is so important. Uh, so. You got about a year and a half left in the program, but let's talk a little bit about what you've done in the last year in terms of the training you've been exposed to, and you know, just just kind of the investment the CED makes in their training program. Kind of hype it up a little bit, you know. <laughs> shout out, shout out to uh, John Reinig if he's watching or listening to this yeah. in the training program. Love you guys. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, they do make a lot of investment. I've gone multiple different trainings. I'm actually going on another one next week. So, I mean. You know, they send you to different places. I mean, some of the things just kind of really just get to know the customer base. I think the first stage is kind of getting into the business and knowing what the business is about and, like, how it all works. Um, but just to see, I kind of got loud, but uh, just to see where, you know, how everyday business goes in CEB and, and the distribu- distribution business overall, but... I mean, I think they definitely do put a lot of time and effort into you. Uh, there's multiple different goals and checklists and things like that that kind of you don't get just pushed in the wind or lost in the wind. So there's always something there coming up behind you. Once you finish something, you're like, oh, wow, I've got, got nothing. You're like, oh, wait, I can learn all this. Or, oh, I have to do all this, too. And, oh, I need to know that, too. And so there's definitely something every time I turn around, there's something new. And I was like, wow, I wish I would have known about this last year. I could have done it when I had that, like, 20 minutes of, you know, extra time, but, yeah, I mean, I think they definitely do, especially talking to all my friends and people I know that have just kind of gotten a job for us now, I mean, I think I've got a pretty great job right now. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's amazing looking back, like, how much they invest in you, yeah. and, and I always talk to John about this, and it's like, how do you, how do you take somebody right out of school, and, and in my own example, I came out of school, and even though I was older than most people graduating, I was 25 by the time I finally got my degree in my hand, I I didn't feel like I was ready for, like, a career and to settle down. Mm-hmm. And I I know that they they hired me not for who I was at the interview table, but for who they thought that I could be, you know, two years, three years, five years, seven years into it. And uh, that's kind of how I've taken the approach with, with my own recruiting and my own hiring for CED Bureau Beach is... Uh, is using that same process of trying to trying to crystal ball it a little bit, you know, and just try to look at like like what's under the surface, what potential was there, and yeah. I mean it's, it's crazy. I, I know that we have a really high retention for for management trainees, but uh, it is crazy to think that they 
they make that investment almost kind of blind. Like they, yeah. you meet somebody a couple of times, you take some tests, and um, and then you're you're there's no contracts. You can quit at any time. Yeah. You know. I was just talking about this yesterday with somebody, like what the actual percentage was, and I I remember them remember them showing, but I can't remember what the number was. Might be confidential. Yeah. But, uh, it's high. <laughs> but, yeah, and they're just like, what are the reasons? I mean, I thought the only reason, I just never saw anybody that really just up and quit. It's, you know, sometimes there are outside things in their life that, you know, restricted them from doing things. But I never really heard of anyone, you know, just up and quitting, you know, a year, two years into it. But uh, that's pretty reassuring. So one of the uh, one of the key pillars of the whole industry is the relationship with uh, with the vendors and and rep agencies and, and things of that nature. And they're going to be a big part of this this program. We're going to have a the idea is to have an employee, a vendor, um, maybe a, and a customer, and then mm-hmm. employee being another manager, a trainee, employees here at CED Vero Beach if they. If they see the program, listen to it, and they want to participate, I'm definitely not going to make anybody do anything they don't want to do. Uh, and I want to give everybody the opportunity to participate if they would like to. Um, but it's never going to be forced upon them or you know, change the way I look at their performance here or anything like that. Uh, but vendors being the key pillar in this equation, uh, what's been your experience with vendors both here at CD Vero Beach and also um, you know, on the road at their, at their locations at their headquarters. Yeah, I mean, definitely some of them definitely go into, you know, the trainings and stuff like that. There's just so many more products and just knowledge they have and just, of just different things they're coming out with. I mean, I've heard that light Wi-Fi is supposed to be coming from lights. So, and, like, that's just blowing my mind. But um, I think it's definitely a lot of help, you know, just not knowing because, you know, we carry so many different wide varieties. So being able to have someone to go straight with their product saying, hey, about this product, you know, what, can it work like this? Or, you know, do you have something like that? So that's always been helpful and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, still just trying to get to know all the different, you know, areas and who to go to for different um, items and problems is definitely still challenging at times. Wi-Fi coming from lights. Talk about that. (laughs) Every time I explain this to somebody, I don't know if I just didn't hear it right, but every time I explain it to somebody, when <laughs> it I got crazy, explained yeah. to it, I was just like mind blown. My jaw was driving. Every time I tell someone, they're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. And I'm like, how is this not blowing your mind? But I guess the way an LED works is it sends out sign signals, and it it blinks so fast that like it, you can't see it through your eye. Like you can't, a visual, uh, human eye can't see the flicker of it, but I guess it sends out signals constantly. And they're now starting to or able to like control that and make it put out Wi-Fi, like Internet, to where like every fixture, LED fixture or LED lamp, would be able to put out a Wi-Fi signal, and you would have it would be so fast because of how many lights there are in a building. You know, obviously, probably only really work in you know commercial buildings and things like that. But I was told I can't remember seeing this. Is why I hate Thailand because I can't remember if he said. Like, my grandchildren or my children will never understand what buffering is because of how fast the Internet will be because of how many lights there are and how many different bang areas there are. You know, just like a huge antenna, there will be millions of those every, you know, in every building. So they're saying, like, it'll be so fast that you'll never understand what buffering is. So it's, it's, like it's going to be like a mesh network of yeah. lighting 
that provides the internet for you. On your Don't quote me on this. This is what I was told. You time. heard it here first, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be selling <laughs> Wi-Fi out of the light bulbs. Move over Comcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's that's kind of what what it's all about, right? Nowadays, the big the big uh, buzzword in and in the industry is disruption. You know, some people hear that and they panic, and some people hear that and they get excited. You know, like change, yeah. change is coming. And uh, if you don't believe that, look at the history. You know, and <laughs> look at the iPod or the iPhone. It's yeah, crazy. it's revolutionary, right? It's and everyone's phones. Everyone's got one. Well, I don't have an iPhone, but okay, the but, Samsung is right there. With <laughs> that's the phone. LG G five, uh, but uh, <laughs> with the removable battery. <laughs> But you know, if, if it's one of those things where if you're not if you're not ready for the disruption, you're gonna get sucked up in the wave of disruption. Yeah. And uh, being on the forefront, that that's one of the reasons we want to do this is to, to be talking to as many different people as we can to get as many not only ideas but also uh, and and trends, but also like try to try to almost predict the future. You know, one, yeah. they say that one of the best ways to predict the future is to just go ahead and create it yourself. You know, take the reins of of it and move forward. Um, that, that's definitely been one of the drivers of this this podcast experience is just, uh, you know, everybody is consuming media all the time. You know, I, I, VR is getting there. I'm not sure VR is there. Um, have you ever had any experiences with VR? No, I want to do it so bad. It looks so cool. I should have brought my headset. It would be really funny to watch you, like, float in space yeah. on live, no, live really Facebook. Cool. Um, no, I mean for fifteen bucks, or I think the one I got was thirty bucks because it had speakers attached. Yeah. Uh, you just get an app on your phone, it splits your screen, you download whatever, and uh, you put it on. I haven't quite figured out a way. Maybe I have just because I have a big nose, but it like sits weird on the bridge of my nose. <laughs> and my wife can always tell when I've been in VR because I got this like line here from the head. I think I'm just wearing it wrong. Uh, but yeah, you definitely need a, a big space, a big space. I've definitely yeah. I've run into a few things. Uh, one of them, one of the funny experiences I had was a Jurassic Park virtual world, and so you're standing there, and there's not only a T Rex in front of you, but there's things going on around you, and yeah. then things run by you, and right at the same time, someone's running by me. My dog Marco happened to brush <laughs> my leg, and I just I jumped like I I literally jumped, and my wife will never let me forget it because uh, you get immersed like yeah. it, it it overrides your senses, it overrides all logic of yeah. of where you're supposed to be and what are, what's really happening and. You know, obviously that was a very computer-generated uh, scenario with the T-Rex. You know, it, was, yeah. it wasn't real, but they do have a lot of real immersive uh, applications. Mm-hmm. Like I took a hot air balloon ride to the edge of space and back. It took three and a half minutes. <laughs> and exploring. Yeah, it was amazing. Like, like you start on the ground and they fill this this balloon up, and you go all the way up until the balloon can't take it anymore, and you just hover there at the edge of space. And I'm sorry, flat Earth people out there on Facebook and, and on the on the world. <laughs> Earth is the the world is round. You know, you can see the curvature of it. And uh, the flat Earth thing's a whole other deal. I don't I don't even want to get too far into that bunch of crazy lunatics. But uh, <laughs> but it shows you the power of belief. But you know, the VR experience is something that that's real. It's it's tangible. Um, it's it's definitely becoming more and more prominent. Uh, most of the apps are free. I haven't paid for a single thing yet, and uh, I just think it's a little far off. Though, like, I don't know anybody that's spending more than fifteen minutes. In it. <laughs> Honestly, like, it's hard. I think that games is where it's gonna be cool. Because I remember yeah. when, I was, when I was a kid, just imagining like, oh, like seeing them on like the, there was mo- there'd be movies of you know, you'd just put on a headset and you would be yeah. on like a pad almost, and they'd be running and being like the real thing. 
And it's just crazy to think, like, damn, I guarantee that's going to happen. I know the military has the, um, what are you talking about, omnidirectional treadmills? Kind of, yeah, yeah. So it's, you're in this, like, it's like a self-contained, uh, it's got these sensors around where your hips, basically. Yeah. And you can go in any direction and sensing, like, where you're trying to rock, walk and it adjusts the treadmill. So they're using that for, like, live combat scenarios. Yeah. And, uh, so it, it's definitely coming. I've seen the, the Oculus Rift has the hand controls. That's pretty cool. So that it, it senses not only where your hands are, but it's also got controls to do different things. Yeah. Uh, so you could be in a boxing match, and it knows where your hands are. And uh, yeah, a shooting match, too. Like you, They have guns and stuff. Just like mm-hmm. So it's going to get there. I, I, I'd really like to get a doctor on here to talk about what that's going to do to people's eyes, having a screen literally, like, Two inches it from does, it. It hurts my eyes already. I, I do it, and I come home, and then I, you know, I go home. I'll be on the computer all day. You know, I work. Then I go home. You know, watch TV or something, and do something else. And then right before you go to bed, I'm on my phone again. I'm like, God, stop looking at the screen, and it hurt. It's burning. Yeah. Like, we were just talking about this the other day. I'm like, someone's. This has got to be doing something. But my eyes are terrible anyway, so it doesn't. Yeah, already, you already work on It's already downhill so anyway, so. I'll tell Maybe you what. It'll reverse the cycle and just push me out. It actually just gets uh, worse as you get older, I promise. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, my wife just had, um, it wasn't LASIK. It was it was some other new thing where they scrape the cornea off and do this crazy yeah. procedure. Yeah. And she had to be in a dark room for 36 hours or something afterwards. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, I mean, like, they scrape the cornea off your eye. It's crazy. Yeah. And then reshape your eye and yeah. put a new lens in there. and. Uh, but now she just came back in from the doctor, and they ha- she has twenty twenty in one eye and twenty twenty five in the other, which before she was like over twenty forty. So yeah. no contacts. Uh, the only issue has been like some dry eye stuff. Yeah, kind of going off topic a little bit here in the electrical <laughs> supply industry. But bringing it back, you know, the whole the whole point of bringing the VR was um, I don't think that people are going to be in VR for extended periods of time just because it, it is kind of clunky at this point and yeah. it, it could be potentially bad for your eyes. But you know what they are on all the time is, is this thing right here, the old black mirror of, uh, of the cell phone. And people do spend upwards of, you know, I had an app that was tracking how much time I actually spent on my phone, and I, I turned it off because it was... Uh, <laughs> it was embarrassing. Not embarrassing, but like, I mean, it was like four hours a day of, of the screen being on and me interacting with it. That's what the iPhone does. It. I just found it out like a few months ago, and I was like, oh my god, it... it, it Spans over, I think, a week or something like that, and Instagram was up there. I was like, oh, my God, do I really <laughs> sit here for that long on Instagram? I was like, oh, my God. I, I just assumed that it's counting, like, things running in the background, and I'm like, yeah, it must be just adding that, you know, but... Yeah. Uh, uh, I always close my apps, too. I hate... Oh, really? I really? have to, yeah. I never do that. I never do that. But, um, you know, so I think that we're going to find a big push to to get into people's phones and try to... Instead of selling electrical products, you know, off the shelf, we're really going to be trying to sell an experience, a whole package of uh, of of different tangible and intangible things. And one of them, one of the things that we're selling the most is attention. You know, we want to be in front of customers' attention, and it's hard for me to be physically in front of them. It's hard for you to be physically in front of them unless they're at the counter downstairs or we go to their office. Um, but you know, one way to do that is through the phone. Like they are already doing it. That's why we have a big push for, um, for you know, Facebook ads, having an Instagram presence, having having social media presence in in all aspects of uh, LinkedIn and, um, you know, I think CED. I, I don't know what's your experience with that. Do you think CED could do a better job, or do you think they're doing a pretty good job of that as a whole? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, 
most typical people I feel like on Facebook aren't gonna I don't know, I mean seeing people's like kids and you know, teenagers on Facebook, they're not looking to buy lights, so I mean Whatever. I feel like this industry like as a whole is way behind in the technology area, but I don't know, I think it's coming. People are That's been my concern with the whole as we talked about earlier, the Alexa app the yeah. Alexa style apps is um is is you know, how do you get that on the job site? How do you retrain people in order to use those things? And then, um, you know, again, how do we qualify what they say into a microphone and turn it into a part number? Like, I think we're, we're literally going to have to get the audio clipping of what they say. <laughs> because you're going to say, I need a 1900 box, and Alexa's going to say, I'm sorry, I didn't quite catch that, you know, and or Siri or whatever it is. Yeah. But the idea is to have a speaker on there that plays awesome music that's rugged enough for a job site. And then the contractor throughout the day, instead of pulling out his cardboard and writing down another 10 switches or whatever, he could say, Alexa or Siri or Google, add to my CED order. And say, okay, what would you like to add? And then it says, uh, please add a box of, they're not going to say please, uh, add a box of Tapcons. <laughs> uh, and then Alexa will say, okay, box of Tapcons, what size? You know, and they're going to have to say quarter by inch and a quarter. And so we're going to have to program in all of the qualifying questions and start a database of when they say this, you know, like almost like a flow chart of we, these are the questions we need to ask. Um, but we do it anyways. I mean, a customer walks in and says, I need a disconnect, and that's all the information we usually get. And you have to ask uh, amps, phase, voltage, fuse, non-fuse, indoor, outdoor. Um, do they mean a, a knife switch disconnect? Or do they mean a breaker inside of an enclosure disconnect? Um, the pull-out fuse disconnect? I mean, so those are the kind of things that... It's going to take some retraining of customers for yeah. sure, and whether or not they're going to be open to it, whether they're going to be hesitant to do it, um, that uh, that's going to be something we're going to have to look at, you know. But I think I think having apps, having things in the field where people, you know, we already have seen some of that where people can scan something and and it uh, it, it it adds to their order or builds a new order. That's going to be uh, certainly at the at the next level of of what I think the future is going to hold. Uh, or and AR too. We didn't even talk about AR, augmented reality. So VR is uh, virtual reality where yeah. it recreates the whole scene. But AR would be kind of like Pokemon Go is the best example. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Where people instead of just people are literally going to be walking around the world like this for, <laughs> in the future, just looking at the world through their phone. And um, obviously, the VR headset has something like that. Uh, you can. What's really fun with the VR headset? There's an app called. Um, it's like it's called real world or something like that, and all it does is show you what your camera sees in the real world. <laughs> and so you put you, you're putting this headset on, you're plugging your phone in, you're opening this app, you're getting to it using your eyes to look at different screens, and all it does is take you back to the real world. Uh, and that's a platform for augmented reality, of course. But it's, that specific app is just what your camera sees, and it's like, why don't you just take the headset off? <laughs> What's the point of that? <sighs> Somebody, somebody spent the time to do it, you know. And it's, uh, but you know, the augmented portion of that would be that you could add anything you want to yeah. it. Um, you know, I have an app in development, but it's proprietary. I don't, I don't really want to talk about, it, but it is coming soon. That involves some AR and some LED technologies, uh, kind of combined. I'm gonna leave that there. Um, <laughs> so one of the one of the things that we want to find out about in this podcast and, and really dig deep into is is pain points. You know, everybody everybody talks about brainstorming and 
you know, I heard, I can't remember who exactly I heard it from. Sorry, I can't give you credit. But uh, they said, instead of brainstorming, trying to come up with new ideas, why don't we do something called painstorming, where we just talk about pain points in the industry, pain points in our location. And as you know, that's one of my biggest things with when I talk to, to employees is, is, and I talk to customers, is don't tell me what's great about it. I know what's great about it. Tell me what sucks about it. Tell me what... <laughs> Tell me the areas where we can improve the most. That's where we're going to see the biggest zero to one shifts. Um, so what have you seen that, that just kind of is either frustrating on a daily basis or just kind of sucks in general about the industry? Oh, just some tough questions. <laughs> I'm not even sure. I mean, I guess just being on the same page maybe with, you know, the way everybody describes things, like you were talking about earlier, it's just the way somebody calls something, you know, item A is completely different than what this person, this person, this person calls it. And sometimes just being on the same page when you think, oh, I know, this, I know what they're talking about. And I start going down this road, and then I'm it's a point. I was like, wait, this is a dead end. This is, this is not what you're talking. I'm like, oh god, so I got to restart. But I don't know. I think that's sometimes difficult. Just trying to realize the different, you know jargon and all that of every different section and just part and I think yeah I'm not too sure about that that's a tough question well that's um that is a challenge that we face on a daily basis you know and it uh it's a struggle and and it's like you really can you take the time to train every single customer you know we get a hundred people a day or whatever it is that walk in here, and, and they're going to call a 1900 box six different things, you know, and we call it a, we used to call it a TP404, but now we call it a 4SBMKO, or whatever, whatever Orbit's calling it, uh, so they're never going to do that, like, yeah. I think one out of every thousand customers might use a part number. Oh, yeah, no. uh, I wouldn't need it, it's too many. <laughs> right, and then who knows if we switch brands, or they go to one supply house, and it's Path and Seymour, and they come here, and it's Leviton, um, yeah, that is that is, and sometimes they walk in and describe something that that should exist in their head that would be great for their job and for their their specific use right now, and unfortunately, it just doesn't exist in the world, and or in, in a manufacturer. And there there are companies that like Arlington's famous for it, and Racketeer is another one that's famous for it. Like they build products based on pain points, based on things that people want to see exist in the yeah. world, and they do a lot of pain storming. I'm sure. Uh, I gotta keep using that phrase, and I'll find out who's, who came up with that. I'll give him credit on the next episode. <laughs> um, so that that's kind of like specifically for the customers, but the industry as a whole. Have you seen anything that is just like it's frustrating, or that is behind the times, or outdated, or needs to be brought up so that we can introduce this next generation of college graduates to the industry? That well, and I would say just technology. I mean, not so much like what we were talking about earlier, like the different lighting technologies and different things like that, but just incorporating just different technologies in our industry of, you know, operational technologies and things like that. Um, you know, I think it's the whole industry as a whole is definitely very behind in that in, in that sense. When, you know, you go into a, a Wawa, I went in for the first time and I was blown away. Shout out Wawa. <laughs> oh my God, just... Just how to order is so easy, and like there's pictures, and the number one thing is like, why does every restaurant have a picture of every item? It's just, Chinese food's been doing it forever. Dude. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I guess, yeah. But I'll take the number six, yeah. Yeah, but so like to that was just like, it's crazy, and I'm like, I could not, I guess just tonight, it's like that would be amazing, like, amazing, like in our industry to finally work that in. 
But I think that's been, you know, that's behind the times. But I think definitely since I've been here, there's been some huge jumps. That, and especially when I've talked to people that they said, oh, my God, five years ago, you'd have been blown away by what we were using now. And Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's definitely... I got I got to give CED props. We're definitely trying to play catch up in this regard, but they they've been very uh very intentional about how they do it. They 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 wait for things to come out and for it to be tried out in the market. And instead of jumping on board as an early adapter adopter, uh, they will they will wait for it to kind of settle out a little bit, let the bugs be worked out, and then they'll say, okay, we like this about this product, we like this about this program, we like this about that. We're gonna make our own. Yeah. And then it ends up being a, a super high quality product, uh, but it it does it is slow to market, and you know speed wins most of the time, honestly. And I think they're getting better with that. Uh, Jeff Hanovit seems like he's got a good grasp on on where the market's going. He was just at one of our division meetings. Uh, he's he's rolling out some new stuff that uh, should be should be here probably Q three Q four this year. Um, but I mean, yeah, you, you just mentioned it when I started, I got out of college and I was just like, I'm going to come to this. I got, I got this job and it's this huge company and it's this new industry and oh man, it's electrical. So, you know, they got to have like the, the best technology. And I walk in and we're using an MS DOS based program. And I was like, huh, <laughs> so I have to open windows, start windows on my computer and go into that. And then I have to open this other like MS DOS portal. And it's like a time machine, you know? And, and and just when I figured out how to use it, they were like, oh, yeah, now we're switching to this beautiful Windows-based program that links everything together and is super user-friendly and compatible with everything. And, uh, you know, it, it's been fun to watch, and I was part of, part of the division team that went around and trained other people how to use it because it was, to me, it was so user-friendly and interactive and more of what we were used to as a generation. Mm-hmm. I just put myself in your generation. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> uh, so much older. Uh, but um, it, it did take a lot of people some time, and there and there's always going to be that frustration level. There's always going to be that 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 oh, I'm not used to this, yeah, and this new. is new, and I don't want to make any mistakes with it, and so they don't they don't want to try new things because they they're afraid to fail. All those things, um, and you know, great segue into failure. It's one of my favorite topics. I love talking about it. I love I love doing it. I love failing on a, a daily basis. I, I'm not afraid to admit it. Mike Burkhardt and I'm a, I'm a failure. Fa- fail, failure, not a failure. It's a big difference. E-R and I. U-R-E. 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 Uh, so it, uh, it's, like, don't be afraid to fail. You know, with anything you try, you're going to go to a new place and you're going to be doing new experiences every single day as, as an outside sales role. And uh, just, just don't be afraid to make mistakes. Now is definitely the time to do it, to get rejected, to get doors slammed on you, to... To piss customers off because they won't be your customers; they'll be Mark's customers. You know, <laughs> shout out Mark LaSalle and Port Charlotte. But uh, you know, so to definitely get as many mistakes under your belt as you can, because that's the only way you're going to grow in life. And uh, I think people have a really difficult time with it because they don't want to be seen struggling at the bottom of the hill, pushing this huge boulder up. They don't want to be seen at the bottom struggling I mean, it, for whatever reason. That's that's usually ego based. I don't think you necessarily have that issue, but. Um, you know, just don't be afraid to get in there and, and, and struggle and embrace the struggle and build it into the process. I think that's, that's what, certainly what's made us successful here is we, we try new programs shit, almost on a weekly basis. 
you know, uh, and and if we say, hey, this worked and that didn't, and we're going to go this way instead of that way, and um, you know, the whole premise behind this show is ideas in equal ideas out. Yeah. And if you're not willing to experiment and try new things, you're just going to be doing the same old things. And uh, innovation's coming. Disruption is coming. <laughs> uh, so it's just a matter of time. So it's uh, so one of my. I'm trying to think of a, of a good way to put this work this in there, but I'm just going to come out and say, it. "What keeps you up at night?" <laughs> yeah, I knew you classic, were ask me this. classic question. Uh, trying to find the right way to sleep. I don't know, I mean... Sleep faster. (laughs) I don't know, I mean, I don't... That's what I'm saying, like, I don't think I'm in it in in so deep yet to where I've got those struggles yet, but... I don't know, the times where I'm sleeping and I can't stop thinking about part numbers and it's so frustrating. It's like, (laughs) stop thinking about, like, grabbing something off the shelf, but... Yeah, it's it's like, ugh, and I keep, keep, like, replaying in my head, like, what am I doing? Like, it's... But, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I find myself going down rabbit holes yeah. a lot. I mean, I don't... Reliving old situations, thinking yeah. about it, practicing, like, hey, oh, if I have to pull these things in order, how am I going to do that? Do I cut the wire first or what? You know, like, just reliving moments and... Yeah, I mean, said I don't... I think I'm just too young yet, still. I don't know, or I'm too... Not not really in it yet. Not jaded enough. Yeah, not jaded. That's the word I was looking for. Not, not quite jaded enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, I think... Um, the place that you're going to be going for your your second half of your training, you're going to, you're going to work with somebody on the complete opposite end of the spectrum of experience, um, because Mark has been doing this certainly longer than I've been alive. <laughs> I think he's got forty something years of experience with CED, and I think I think he was from up north, but then transferred down very quickly. So a lot of that's been in the Port Charlotte market. Yeah, so you're, I mean you're going to be you know hitting with some heavy hitters over there that've been doing this for a long time that have a completely different opinion of the industry and have seen it change over decades. Decades. Um, <laughs> You're trying to get an echo? No, I mean, <laughs> just think about that. The, the, the gravity of that word just set in when I said it. Like, like imagine this industry in 1975, 1977. <laughs> 1980. Yeah. <laughs> to see the cards. 1985, and then, you know, everyone's... Every, the, even just... I mean, the contractors change, and, and they had to use the Cardex system and all that, and but it's just, and then where's it going to be in forty years from now? You know, I guess it's never going to be done growing, and that's that's kind of what's cool about it. That's that's definitely what attracted me to CED is is not only do they do they expect people to, to come in and, and run a business as if it's their own, but they expect us to be able to to change the course of the ship at any given moment mm-hmm. because we have our fingers on the pulse of the market, um, but. You know, certainly not for everybody. So, just as we as we kind of wrap up here, I don't know if, if Facebook Live can see the grains of sand as they slight start to wind down. But um, you know, did you want to be an entrepreneur? Did you want to be running your own business? Was that something that you'd always thought about? Yeah, or? I mean, I think I've always kind of had the image of you know, kind of maybe not so much running, like starting my own business. I never had that to where like I wanted to start my own business, but definitely to be in a situation where you know I can kind of run my own business or you know help run a company and things like that so I think yeah that's definitely something I've always you know been a try and that was the huge thing was looking for you know I saw all these different managed training programs and that was one of the biggest things I was looking for was to find you know uh, 
you know, a program like that or something in that area that I can, you know, explore, you know, take that ride. It's, uh, yeah, I think we talked about, like, maybe you wanted to run, like, a small store or, like, a, was it a hardware store or something you talked no, about? You, you wanted to do that? No, I think that was something. That's awkward. But, uh, I mean, we're definitely looking for somebody that, that is willing to yeah. take on the risk of, of making tough decisions and choices. Yeah. Uh, but you do have this framework and this backbone of this enormous company that, that nobody's ever heard of, except in this industry, uh, where that is very supportive and allows you to, to make mistakes and, and have buying power that, I mean, if you just started an electrical supply house tomorrow, it would be very difficult, right? Yeah. Like, to, to even bring clients on board, like, half the reason they come to us is just because of reputation of CDB, yeah. you know, and, and knowing that we are such a big organization, such a well-balanced organization that, that has, you know, what, what is it, 60 years now? Yeah, this would be 60 years, 1957? 70 years. Yeah. 70 years of uh, under its belt. You know, and, and so that's powerful. That Customers are attracted to that. They, they like knowing that it's you know, of course, you got the, the three pillars of service, integrity, reliability. Reliability, like we're going to be here in five years, whether whether the whole world goes to drone shipping <laughs> through Amazon, uh, we're going to find a way to ride it out because I'll be damned if a drone is bringing you a lift of pipe <laughs> or a reel of 500 MCM. Like imagine it'd be a helicopter. Yeah. Amazon helicopters <laughs> probably coming soon because Jeff Bezos is listening to this right now. Like that's a great idea. Um. Well, cool. I, I think uh, this this has been a great first episode. No, no major hiccups. Yeah, I mean, some of those questions were stuffing, but I think I did all right. Yeah, they're going to grow and evolve. Do you have any questions for me or for for the audience? Any, <laughs> any requests? Requests? Uh, no, I mean, I was just an honor being the first guest. Yeah, episode offic- officially episode one. You know, I just thought it was appropriate. He's just finishing up his first year here. Um, he's going to be transferred to the Port Charlotte market. Uh, hopefully that's a public announcement at this point. Because if not, <laughs> it is now. I not told everybody yet. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if anybody's in the Port Charlotte area and wants to get to know Taylor, where can they find you? <laughs> I don't have a Twitter or anything like that. I'm not doing that. So he doesn't tweet, but uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all those things. <laughs> He's not single, ladies. We have a, we have a big female audience. Jeez. Are you excited about the, the change? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, something can be nerve-wracking just going somewhere else brand new and not really knowing anybody, but just having to get, like, a whole new, you know, meet a whole new staff and employees and just who I'm working with. So that's going to be definitely exciting, but it's definitely nerve-wracking at the same time. I've never lived on the West Coast either, so... Always been on the East Coast, so it's gonna be cool, to, you know, see how the West Coast is. And I visited over there a bunch, but I just never lived over there, so that's gonna be cool. They have uh, famous sunsets, and yeah, they're they're famous exactly. for the sunsets. Exactly, I've never seen a sunset. Yeah. <laughs> I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a sunset on a beach. Yeah, I've only been to really California once, and really never hung out on the beach on the West Coast. Before. It's hard to describe because you see them here every day, right? But they're over trees, yeah, yeah, and yeah, like, you don't but... really see a. It is amazing. Like we were over there in the Tampa area, right where the the Gulf kind of bends, yeah. and it's just it's powerful. Like it just takes up the whole sky. You're like, how is this happening right now? <laughs> and nuclear bombs going off on the horizon. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've never been to Port Charlotte either. Uh, so maybe we should ride out there and check it out, and you know, take notes and maybe maybe get Mark LaSalle on the podcast while we're there. <laughs> bring bring the, bring the setup, bring the gear. 
and uh, mix it up, you know. Uh, well, that that pretty much concludes our show. This is the Get Wired podcast. I do want to take a moment to to recognize you, Taylor, not not only for taking the the initiative and the the leap of faith of being the first guest on the podcast, <laughs> but just in in general, just uh, you know, showing up every day with a great attitude, very positive mindset, uh, being open to learn and be challenged, and uh, and put yourself out there. You know, it's something that I know we throw a lot of things at you in the training program. I think you do a good job of juggling it all. And, uh, you know, we wish you all the best of luck in the future. If there's anything we can do to help, if you want to come back on the show before you go, um, <laughs> or maybe we'll, we'll have to come track you down in Port Charlotte. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. Well, thanks, thanks for watching Facebook Live, and thanks for joining us on the Get Wired podcast. Until next time.